This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, November 10th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Colorado reactivates crisis standards of care due to COVID, regional housing in the works, local governments talk behavioral health, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, Telluride lost a vital member of its community. Bill Keyes passed away on Tuesday morning after a fight with cancer. He was 79 years old. According to the San Miguel County Coroner's Office, Keyes passed away while holding his wife's hand. The office notes his big smile will be greatly missed. Crippen Funeral Home will attend to services. Keyes is survived by his wife, Susan, his children, Blake, Scott, and Lorraine, and his six grandchildren. KOTO News will broadcast a tribute to Keys in the coming days. What is the ultimate goal when it comes to San Miguel County's COVID response? That is the question and conversation Public Health Director Grace Franklin says she's been having over the past few weeks. Not just right now um, in the short term getting through winter, but long term with our COVID response. She says from a medical and public health perspective, it really boils down to four main things. Of course, our goal is to keep our kids in school and maintain a stable learning environment that's safe. Um, that hospitals can maintain sufficient resources to care for people um, for a variety of healthcare needs. Um, for San Miguel specifically, um, economic stability. And then the last big goal is um, really the North Star. How do we transition to pre-pandemic conditions, um, really move to less of an emergency response and more of a um, traditional healthcare and public health response? As for where San Miguel and the state sit when it comes to those goals, it's not looking great. Wastewater data from the county appears to be stabilizing at an elevated level. But um, I would caution that this is um, this might be a little bit too hopeful, knowing that we'll have an influx of population coming in the next few weeks and um, that um, socialization will continue with um, holidays. And while local transmission is still primarily through households, there's a large number of cases showing up as community spread. That means contact tracers can't identify where an individual was infected. By seeing this larger community spread, it is a concern because that really is with um, how tricky this virus is. how can we re-implement some of these non-pharmaceutical techniques like mask distancing um, and potting to um, further protect ourselves while we're out and about in our everyday lives? And the concept of stabilization isn't as apparent on the state level. From a statewide perspective, um, COVID-19 cases, positivity rate, hospitalizations, and deaths have been increasing since August, and there does not seem to be an end to the uptick. Franklin says all those numbers and data points matter when you're looking at goal number two, hospital capacity and ability to care for both COVID and non-COVID patients. Currently, Franklin notes hospital capacity is at an all-time low across the state. Within the state of Colorado, there is about 2,000 hospital beds total. and as of te- yesterday, there was 1,426 people um, hospitalized alone for COVID. She notes that doesn't include any of the people who need to be hospitalized for other issues. You can just see that total beds available continues to decrease while 
COVID hospitalizations increase, putting it, um, uh, just increased strain on the systems. To help relieve some of the strain, Franklin says the state is ramping up its monoclonal antibody program, helping to treat individuals with COVID before they need to be hospitalized. She says the state is also encouraging everyone to receive a booster shot. But finally, Franklin says the state has activated its crisis standards of care, which allows medical facilities to shift their staffing protocols and isolation requirements. But then it's also a determination for if there are not enough resources, um, how do you choose who gets what resource? And it really provides an outline there for people um, to make equitable um, decisions to um, who gets what and who does not. Um, And that really is the worst case scenario. According to Franklin, the strains on hospital resources are being felt in a real way on the Western Slope. This last week, um, the state had a dip into their supply cash to bring um, ventilators to a hospital um, in our region because there was not enough supply. Um, And so we're starting to see really tangible um, moments where if they weren't able to deliver it, there would have to be um, some really unfortunate decisions being made. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment will be in Mountain Village on Thursday, November 11th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. for a COVID vaccine clinic. They will have first, second, booster, and flu shots available. Public Health will host Pfizer vaccines for children in Telluride on Tuesday, November 16th and in Norwood on Thursday, November 18th. There will also be general clinics for Moderna and Pfizer in Norwood on the 18th and a Moderna clinic in Telluride on Friday, November 19th. Public Health recommends anyone 18 years or older who is at least six months out from their vaccine to get the booster shot. To build a home. Not just a song by British new jazz group, the Cinematic Orchestra, also the goal for many local governments in the area. At an intergovernmental meeting on Monday, the towns of Mountain Village and Telluride and San Miguel County provided an update on what affordable housing developments and projects are in the works. In Mountain Village, John Miller, Community Housing Program Director for the town, says Phase 4 construction on Village Court Apartments is moving forward. Currently, we're, we're looking at about 42 new units, and this was reduced slightly due to our soil testing and some value engineering that occurred. Um, essentially, the development's going to be two, two buildings, two structures, um, and these will be anticipated as a higher end, you know, nicer finishes, um, a little bit of a nicer unit compared to what we currently have, and they'd be targeting those 80 to 120 percent AMI rates. He says the project, which is scheduled to be for rental units, should begin construction in spring 2022, with roughly a year and a half of construction. Miller adds Mountain Village is also working on a property inventory to determine lots for possible new housing. What we've done is we've worked to identify town-owned properties here in the Mountain Village, and we're, we're looking to key in on the development potential for each property. So what realistically could be done on each site? In general, he notes the town is looking to develop public-private partnerships for developments in the future. I'm trying to work with the developer where the, they where they can make um, those numbers work on their pro formas and the, and the cost to develop and shift away the management of the facilities. Um, you know, if you think about places like BCA, where the town of Mountain Village isn't managing those structures, but rather working with a third party to manage those structures in a way that um, 
makes economic sense for everybody. Down the hill in Telluride, Mayor Delaney Young says the town is moving forward with a number of new developments. It's in the design phase for both the Voodoo Lot and Virginia Placer Phase 2A. For Voodoo, the Telluride Housing Subcommittee is still working to hammer out the details for the design. For the Virginia Placer project, the details are coming into focus. The project will be situated behind the gate for the public works facility. The way I've been phrasing this lately is that we are taking a look inward and we are trying to have a building that will create units for recruitment tools for people who we need to hire and there's nowhere for them to live. And also for on-call staff, such as marshals and snowplow drivers, just as an example. Young says they're planning to develop nine units. Where we landed is two units that are four bedroom units that are for um, probably more like on-call staff that would come in and it's got a shared, those have shared common spaces and four bedrooms each and two bathrooms. There are two studios and two one bedroom units and there will be three two bedroom units, one of which is an ADA unit. Of course, a major project for the town is a collaboration with San Miguel County. That's the Sunnyside Project on the spur. The construction is starting, so we're seeing it come together physically, which always helps when you start seeing that. I think it gives people some optimism, hopefully. Um, Just to recap, several three and four bedroom units, so the bed count is pretty good. Finally, San Miguel County. A partner on Sunnyside, it is also partnering with other local municipalities and organizations. The county is working with Norwood and the Telluride Foundation to build 24 homes for sale for local residents. San Miguel County Manager Mike Bordonia says while there are still several hoops to jump through before construction can begin, they're hoping to break ground in March 2022, with construction finished by the end of the summer. I did submit um, at the commissioner's request a letter of intent for DOLA $1271, incentive dollars to help offset the road, drainage, water, sewer infrastructure on that project. Um, That would equate to a decreased purchase amount per home of up to $70,000 off of each of the anticipated purchase prices and, and make it available for folks at lower AMI levels. The county has also sent out a request for proposals for an evaluation of several county-owned sites for the purpose of building. The Board of County Commissioners is also working to develop an affordable housing zone district. The towns of Norwood, Ophir, and Sawpit were not at the meeting to provide a housing update. Discussions surrounding mental and behavioral health in San Miguel County and the region are ever ongoing. With multiple programs, often publicly funded, serving different segments of the community, representatives from some of those organizations provided an update on their work to local governments at an intergovernmental meeting this week. To start, Corinne Cavender, Behavioral Health Solutions Executive Assistant at Tri-County Health Network, shared an update from the Behavioral Health Solutions Panel. The overall vision is resilient, connected communities in San Miguel County whose residents can easily access high-quality, local, community-based behavioral health services regardless of their ability to pay, language spoken, or cultural background. 
with the mission to fund community-based mental health and substance use services in San Miguel County. The Health Solutions Panel was created in 2018 after voters approved increasing public spending on behavioral health. Obviously, at its inception, the panel had goals and plans for the future. But like most things, it pivoted in 2020. First, based on COVID, the Solutions Panel came together and decided that it needed to figure out a way to fund individual sessions for people to access therapy, um, especially because of the increased stress from COVID. The panel allocated funding to behavioral health agencies already providing services in the county. Those included the Center for Mental Health, Tri-County Health Network, the Telluride Regional Medical Center, and the Uncompagre Medical Center. But of course, there is and will be behavioral health need beyond COVID. According to Cavender, the panel is working to hire a behavioral health systems navigator. This is a person who can connect individuals, whether they're already in the behavioral health system or not in the behavioral health system, understand their next steps and how to um, kind of maintain their treatment plan. Carol Friedrich, director of social services in San Miguel and Uray counties, says the panel is also working to hire individuals to assist with translation and interpretation to provide equitable care for the Spanish-speaking community. For instance, they, they, if they're not seeing a therapist of their primary language, then they are um, using that service. It's the same person throughout their clinical experience. The panel has also assisted behavioral health professionals for funding for professional development and grants to the Telluride and Norwood school districts. Both schools are focusing on social-emotional learning, and then Telluride also is using those funds for um, Sources of Strength program, which is a suicide prevention program. A large pot of money to the tune of nearly $60,000 has also gone to the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office to support its co-responder program, or CORE. Here's Jennifer Dinsmore, Chief Administrative Officer for the Sheriff's Office, explaining the program. We want to reduce peace officer calls for service, so when we don't have to send an officer, we'll send a behavioral health clinician. Uh, we want to reduce the number of incarcerated offenders with mental illness and substance abuse challenges. So if they don't need to be in jail or need to be arrested, they need to get the services they need. That's where uh, Robin and Paula can step in. The program aims to reduce the number of people in crisis using medical clinics or emergency rooms, improve early identification and intervention for people with mental health challenges, and improve access to mental health services for first responders. The core program allows behavioral health professionals to assist law enforcement in calls, but Robin Slater, clinical supervisor for the core program, adds they'll also get calls from individuals solely looking for mental health services or from law enforcement itself asking for a checkup on a call. Sometimes when law enforcement's called to respond, let's say to a noise complaint, they realize that this individual is struggling a little bit, maybe with some over drinking. I will get a call from that officer or deputy who responded and they will say, hey, do you mind making a phone call or going to so-and-so's uh, apartment and checking in on them? and you know, seeing if they're willing to engage in any services. So they also will do these handoffs when I'm not actually on scene, but after an incident. From January to June 2021, core responders were utilized over 300 times. Between the sheriff's office, the Telluride Marshals, Mountain Village Police, the county jail, social services, the Telluride Regional Medical Center, and the Montrose County Sheriff's Office. But the sheriff's office is also working on programs outside of when they get a 911 call. 
The office provides juvenile services, formerly known as juvenile diversion. The goal is to provide care for young people if they're in trouble, or ideally, before something kicks off. Behavioral health screenings, individual counseling for families and youth, financial assistance, intervention plans, crisis mediation, support for parenting issues even. Dinsmore says the majority of young people working with juvenile services end up with no criminal charge. Finally, the sheriff's office has a number of jail-based behavioral health services. It's a state-funded program. The goal is to provide appropriate services to those inmates who are in our care. And then once they are released, we want to make sure they maintain those services and get the services that they need. Dinsmore points to one instance helping a person in jail maintain their housing. We assisted an inmate upon release. He was in jail for quite a while. He wasn't able to pay his rent. His landlord was, of course, going to evict him because at this point they could. Um, and so we ha- we were able to do some emergency housing assistance to prevent that person from losing their housing. She says it all ties together to help prevent recidivism and ensure that help is available to anyone who wants or needs it. The final presentation of the meeting comes from Paul Reich with the Center for Mental Health, which provides services across six counties in the region. We have an outpatient offices, both in Telluride and Norwood, that are available for in-person as well as telehealth visits for both psychiatry and regular therapy. We also provide school-based therapy services for the Telluride and Norwood schools when we're asked. There is also a crisis walk-in center in Montrose, open 24-7, providing care regardless of an individual's ability to pay. We provide intensive outpatient treatment for substance use disorders, and we can provide that uh, both in person if if you're in Montrose, but we also provide it virtually. Uh, We do group therapy, uh, both in person and virtual. And then we have uh, a grant from the Office of Early Childhood that we're able to provide uh, child early childhood consultations to our preschool uh, community uh, and agencies. According to Reich, the Center for Mental Health has served over 600 San Miguel County residents for outpatient counseling and over 100 for psychiatric care. To make an appointment at the Center for Mental Health, individuals can call 970-252-3200. If you are having a mental health emergency, the center's 24-hour support hotline is available at 970-252-6220 or call 911. Everyone loves a deal, and your chance to get a Telski pass for the winter season at a local price is soon coming to an end. Telski's local ski pass sale remains open in person Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Oak Street office in Telluride and 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. daily at the Mountain Village office. Individuals can also purchase passes over the phone or online. The final day to purchase a pass at the local rate is Saturday, November 13th. On that Saturday, there will also be a rail jam from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Oak Street Gondola Plaza. DJ Wombat will be spinning tunes from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will also be a number of winter gear giveaways. As the days get shorter and colder, why not take a trip to a warm tropical island? Well, maybe because that island is teeming with Tyrannosaurus rexes and terrifying kitchen velociraptors. It could be better to go on that adventure by screen. 
The Wilkinson Public Library will be hosting a community screening of the one and only Jurassic Park as part of its retro movie night. The program is scheduled to continue once a month with classic retro flicks. There will be free popcorn and other refreshments and a raffle for movie-themed prizes. Jurassic Park will take place at the library on Friday, November 12th at 7 p.m. The bipartisan infrastructure bill passed by the House last week is headed to the desk of President Biden. Once signed, it'll contain billions for Western water projects. KUNC's Alex Hager has more. It's up to federal agencies to figure out where exactly that funding will go, but a big chunk is headed for the Colorado River Basin. $300 million will help implement drought contingency plans. Alex Funk with the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership says it's a generational investment in water issues. You know, it's very helpful in terms of addressing some of our built infrastructure issues out west. It's going to be great in terms of water conservation, reuse. I'd say the Build Back Better Act has a lot more in it that's going to go towards helping the basin adapt to climate change. That second funding package is stalled in the House. If passed, it would contain about $150 billion for climate resilience projects. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Thursday should be sunny during the day and mostly clear at night with a high in the mid-40s and a low in the mid-20s. Friday, expect sunny skies with a high near 50 degrees. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low around freezing. This has been the news for Wednesday, November 10th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Dude, it's 30 degrees out. Why are you not wearing a jacket? Sorry, I guess I didn't realize how cold it was. Well, there's a long winter ahead of us, so don't get caught in the cold. I just got my ski pass and signed up for health insurance. What does health insurance have to do with being ready for the winter? I'm being proactive about my health. The odds of getting hurt on the slopes or even slipping on ice in my driveway are pretty high. And if that happens, I want to be prepared. Okay, that makes sense. I just don't understand the language and how to navigate the insurance marketplace. I don't either. I just work with a health coverage guide from Tri-County Health Network. They walked me through the whole process at their last enrollment fair. What's an enrollment fair? It's an opportunity to meet with a specialist to find the right insurance plan for you. There's an enrollment fair on Zoom on November 17th from 12 to 7 p.m. If you're interested, just go to tchnetwork.org to get the link. Awesome. I'll be there. Hey, CODA listeners. This is Jacqueline with Eco Action Partners and the CARE Program, also called the SMPA IQ Weatherization Program. The CARE program is for renters and homeowners alike. If you live in a house, a mobile home, apartment, duplex, condo, a structure, then this applies to you. The CARE program offers free energy efficiency upgrades for you, saving you tons of money on your energy bills this year. We come in and evaluate your home for free, install the upgrades for free, and make the home improvements happen for you, all for free for you. 
This is paid for by your local utility companies, San Miguel Power Association, and Black Hills Energy, in conjunction with EcoAction Partners in Energy Outreach Colorado. So how do you apply? Go online to ecoactionpartners.org and click on SMPA IQ weatherization for more information or call EcoAction Partners at 970-728-1340. Again, that's Eco actionpartners.org or call 970-728-1340. Save money on your energy bills and make your home more comfortable this winter season. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.